Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Numbers 13 is an amazing chapter in the Bible. It's when Moses sends out the spies. It's all about the promised land at this point. It's all about the promise that's ahead. It's all about the land that the people of God are supposed to inherit. It's all about the goodness that's coming. And so what Moses does is he's like, I'm going to do a little reconnaissance mission. I'm going to send some, some of my crew out. And um, he sends them out. And that's in Numbers 13. But I want to pick it up here in, uh, in verse 26. And I'm reading from the message. It says this. It says, They presented themselves before Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They reported to the whole congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. This is when they got back. Then they told the story of their trip. They presented themselves before Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of the people. They reported to the whole congregation and showed them the fruit. I think I already read that. (laughs) Moving on. Then they told the story of their trip. So Moses had this assignment and they're reporting back. He says, we went to the land to which you sent us and oh, It does flow with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. The only thing is that the people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge and well fortified. Worse yet, we saw the descendants of the giant Anak. Amalekites are spread out in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites hold the hill country. And of course, the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea And along the Jordan. So that's a report. But listen to what happens next. Caleb interrupts them, called for silence before Moses, and said, Let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. But the others said, We can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, We scouted out the land from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. You see how negative it went? Real quick. All of a sudden, it was flowing with milk and honey. It's beautiful. Look at the fruit. Now the land's swallowing people up. They say, everybody we saw was huge. Why? We even saw the Nephilim giants. Alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers, and they looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word tonight. Sunday night church, Lord, we just believe, Father, that your word's going to speak to us. Father, help us to understand it, to take something away from us, Lord. Help uh, allow it to build us up, Father, to be all that we're called to be. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said together, Amen. I love the way Caleb interrupts. He interrupts and he says, he called for silence. He basically told everyone, shut up. Stop talking. He says, let's go up. Let's go up. And take the land now. We can do it. So one party said there's no way. One group of people said there's no way. But Caleb says, let's go now. Let's go now. We can do this thing. We can make it happen. We should go now. It's a completely different spirit to the 10. Completely different spirit, which translated to a completely different mindset, which ultimately led to a bigger perspective a bigger potential perspective, and a bigger level of thinking 
altogether. The title of my message tonight, if you're taking notes, is this. Big thinker, big life. Big thinker, big life. I wonder, would you say that you're a big thinker? Or would you say you're a small thinker? Or do you just try not to think about it? If you looked at the thinkerator scale, where would you sit on that scale? Would you say you're big when it comes to thinking, that your thinking and your thought life is expansive? Or would you say that it's shrinking a little bit? Or it's a little small? I'm going to go a little bit unorthodox tonight. Normally I weave my three points into the message, but I'm going to, because this is a Holy Ghost 6.30 p.m. service tonight, because God's moving. This is just like we're getting a little crazy in this place. I'm going to give you my three points straight off the top. So get your pens ready. Here they come. Here we go. They all start with how big you think. How big you think, it's number one, points to how great the call is on your life. Number two, how big you think points to where your faith level is at. Number three, how big you think tells the world around you how much you trust God. Silence. Ouch. How big you think tells the world around you how much you trust God. How big you think tells everyone around you how great the call is on your life. How big you think tells us where your faith level is at. See, there's something about this response here from Caleb in the passage. See, the thing about it that if you draw out of the text, what you realize is he didn't even bother with the description. See, Moses had a bunch of questions. He wanted to know what the people are like. He wanted to know what the land was like. He wanted to know, you know what was happening there, what the, what the walls were like, what the fields were like, what everything was like. He had all these different questions. Caleb doesn't even bother with the questions. He's like, let's go. We can do this thing. He didn't, give it, he didn't even give a description. He just went straight to it. You love it when someone, you know, they want to deliver a little bit of bad news. They try to sugarcoat something with it before the sucker punch comes in. You know, like you, you put an offer in on the house and you speak to the real estate agent and they, they get back to you finally and it's kind of like, well, so the person, they did take our phone call and, um, you know, they, they had a nice tone on the phone, but they declined your offer. Caleb doesn't bother with the theatrics. He doesn't bother with anything else. He just says, let's go now. Let's do this. Let's go take the land. We can do it. Let's do this thing. Let's go. Let's boogie. I think that's the Hebrew word in the passage. Boogie. Or it's in a Greek lexicon somewhere. Let's go. But the response was different and I love it. But the others came straight back and they said, we can't attack these people. No way. They're way stronger than we are. And I think it all boils down to this. The glass was half full for Caleb but it was half empty for the rest. I wonder how you see your glass. Do you see your glass as half empty or half full? For the 10 spies, man, there was no hope at all. It was a hopeless situation to them. There may, may well have never been a glass to try to fill up. For Caleb and Joshua, it was very much full because they knew who fills them up. They knew who's the one filling their glass. It's not them. What they saw was opportunity. What they saw was blessing. What they saw was faith for the impossible to become possible. They thought bigger. 
It's a choice for us in life. How are we going to think? Are we going to miss out on the opportunity because our thinking has shrunk to a level where it should not be? Or are we going to see the opportunity as it is? I love it if you could write this down. My thinking will ultimately frame my world. My thinking in life will ultimately frame my world. I brought a little sermon illustration here because, you know, I'm a preacher now and everything. That was supposed to be a joke. I brought my little frame with me right here. And, you know, if my level of thinking is small, this is my frame. This is my world. My, my thinking is small. And I look through this frame and really if I look through it, it doesn't matter if I hold it closer or I hold it far away. I really can't see much more than what's in this little frame. There's not a whole lot more. I can't see a whole lot except for maybe what's right in front of me. My thinking frames my world. Everywhere I go, it frames my world. If my thinking's small, my frame's small. It leads to my life being small. It leads to my possibilities maybe not being there. I can't see as much. But if I were to get a different frame... If I were to get a different frame, church, come on, don't get silent on me. If I get a different frame, all of a sudden, hold it any way you want. Landscape, portrait, your choice. I hold it like this. Man, I can see things differently. I can see, I can see potential. I can see things that maybe are coming down the road that might be a God-ordained possibility for my life. Come on, church. If I change my thinking, I change my frame. I just love his response. Let's go now. Let's do this thing. When it comes to what you're in the midst of in your life, what's your frame look like? What's your frame? Is it small? Could it be bigger? I wonder what it looks like. How do you see it? How do you think about it? What is the unimaginable for you? What is the unimaginable for you? God is drawing us closer to think bigger. God is drawing us in because He wants to expand the possibilities in our life, not shrink the possibilities, but set them up so they're bigger for us. See, in life, we develop these things called mindsets. We develop these things called mindsets. It's amazing in the Bible, there's this stark contrast, and it's all through God's Word, between the flesh and the Spirit. The flesh, which we're born with, that just comes with the package. We just have it. Can't do anything about it. We're just born with the flesh. But we're given the Spirit. We're given the answer. But it's amazing in Scripture how it talks about the mind in the middle of it all. It talks about our thinking in the middle of it all. Come on, church. It thinks about the, what happens in here. It tells us that the battleground is in our minds. Let me show you some Scriptures. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, it says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, look at it, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Verse 6. For to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind, your mindset, on the Spirit is life and peace. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, a lot of people know this scripture. It says this in verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. But I love the way that the message translation says it. Here's what I want you to do. 
God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, place it before God as an offering, embracing what God has done for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. But listen to what this says. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I posit to you tonight, church, that if we can adjust the level of our think, thinking, if we can expand our frames to the level that God wants us to set it on, for our mindsets to look different, man, things can change. That's the thing about the word mindset. If you break the word up, mind is set. So we can change our mindsets, man, things can change. It's a spiritual battle, but the battleground is in my head. Hey, I can't change what drops in here. Sometimes some crazy thoughts drop into my head, but I can change what happens next. I can choose to make it obedient to Christ. I can set my, th- my mind on the Spirit and what the Spirit desires. See, mindsets are usually based on strongholds that we develop in life. Life does that to us. If we allow the enemy to get in, usually we do it with our words. We open the door up comes in, uses words that we've spoken before, grabs on hold of it, and we develop these strongholds that we can't do anything about. But the thing is, God's saying, no, we can. See, a stronghold is interesting. Just definitively listen to it. Think about the passage in Numbers chapter 13. This is what a stronghold is. A place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. A place in the mind, perhaps, where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. See, that was happening to these spies. They developed a mindset. No, we can't. We can't do this. Our frame is too small. We're just seeing this small, limitless, impossible situation. If we don't have our thinking based on and pointing to God, friends, we run the risk of allowing ourselves to develop mindsets and strongholds that ultimately hold our thinking back and therefore our lives. See, these spies, they couldn't get their thinking aligned with God. Look at what it says in verse 31. It says, we can't attack these people. They're way stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. But look at the way Caleb saw it. He said, we can take it. Caleb's attitude was different. He's like, no, no, no. I serve the God who created the earth. I serve the God who, who makes the impossible possible. I serve the God who takes us from strength to strength, glory to glory. See, if you look at the response from the spies, there was no creativity. There was no God-given possibility. There was nothing but negativity and a defeated attitude. Look at what they said. They said they were huge. Further on the passage, it says, man, this city was fortified. The walls were high. They swallow people. It's not even true. They just started making stuff up, scary rumors. They never even had contact with the people. They were just scouting it out. They came up with stuff and they filled their minds with stuff that wasn't true. I wonder what would cause your thinking to shrink. I wonder what would cause it to shrink. I've got a few ideas for us. I think disappointment shrinks our frame. Disappointment ultimately it comes. It's not from God. Fun fact for us tonight, but God doesn't disappoint. He appoints. He appoints you. He doesn't disappoint you. Another thing that he does is uh, uh, one of the ways that could frame, uh, have our frame shrink is discouragement. 
which is simply the opposite of encouragement. You get discouraged in life and could be for a variety of different reasons, circumstances working against you, or maybe some mean-spirited person came along and they discouraged you. That can cause our frame to shrink. What about disillusionment? Get disillusioned. It sort of leads to this sense of, well, you know, I've been dealing with this for so long and stuff hasn't gone well for so long and I'm just kind of giving up. Just kind of giving up. That can cause our frame to shrink. It's so important that when it comes to our thinking, that our frame, that our confession lines up with that frame. Even when it doesn't feel like it's true. Discouragement, disappointment. What are you speaking in that moment? When you become discouraged, how do you respond? See, they responded by saying, we can't attack those people. No, we can't do it. There's no way. It's bad. It's a bad situation. In Psalm 112, talks about a righteous man. I think we've got it on the screen, maybe not. But I love what it says in verse 5. It says, It is well with a man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. Verse 7, he is not afraid of bad news. Discouragement, disillusionment, disappointment. He is not afraid of bad news. There's people in the room here tonight and you've been afraid of bad news for too long. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you don't have to be afraid anymore. The righteous shall never be moved. Us, We're in Christ Jesus. And though someone might give us a report or say a certain thing that could cause discouragement, we shouldn't let it. We should never let the frame of our thinking shrink to that level. I love what it says in the New King James Version of Psalm 112. It says, evil tidings, evil tidings. And I love that idea. You can just push it to the side. You don't have to accept it. Our minds are set, Scripture says, set on the things of above, on the things of the Spirit. What are you setting your mind on tonight? What does your mind focus on when something bad happens to you in life? Do you immediately go to the negative? Do you immediately go to the, the impossibility? Do you immediately find yourself moving over to the discouragement, finding yourself discouraged before anything's even happened? See, that happens in life. Oftentimes, there's like a little pre-warning, pre-warning that something might happen and we all automatically go there already. I thought Andrew Denton last week did an amazing job of inspiring people when it comes to faith. He talked about fear and he talked about faith. Did anyone else enjoy that last week? He said, when it comes to, when it comes to God-given things, you know, if fear says, well, what if that happens? But faith says, what if that happens? What if that happens? God could do something amazing. You never know when God's going to show up and just pour out His blessing. It's a completely different spirit. We believe so much in this way of thinking in our church. It's not just this, this name it and claim it type Christianity. It's based on God's Word. But we have this thing in our church we've developed recently. We have our vision statement, which a lot of you know, but we've developed this thing called the Colonial Code. That's what we're calling it, the colonial code. And it's, it's sort of like these characteristics or these values that we have as a church. And we're embracing them as a staff. And our team will be embracing them. And it's just, it just sets us apart. It sort of talks about our DNA, but it starts, number one, we love God. Number two, we love people. Number three, we love life. But number four, we think big. We think big as a church. We have a big level of thinking. I just wanted to read out what the actual description from our code actually says. I'm going to put it on the screen. We think big. We are big thinkers. 
In every respect, we challenge the status quo. We serve a big God who makes the impossible possible. Our lives should be a constant witness to our belief that God is big and can do big things. I would love it if you, church, you could take that on for yourself. You could take that on, apply that to your own life. Why don't you take our code of values as a church and begin to apply it through your life? Begin to say, speak it out. You say, you know what? My God is big. My God can do big things. My life is a witness to what God can do. We can go. We can do it. We can take the land. We can see God do big things. I just love when I see people get free from strongholds. I love seeing people get free just in general. But when people finally break a stronghold off their life, man, it's one of the most amazing things to see. People walking in that freedom of saying, I don't have to think that way anymore. I don't have to do things like this anymore. That habit that I used to have, I set my mind on the things of the Spirit. And all of a sudden, that's, that habit no longer has a hold on me. All of a sudden, that habit, that thing, that, 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 that stronghold that I was holding onto, I didn't even know it. But I set my mind on the things of the Spirit. Big thinking, big life. Does anyone believe it tonight? Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. We're going to sing a little more. I said this recently to our kingdom builders. One of our breakfasts, I said, how big are you dreaming? How big have you gone? Because I want to encourage you tonight, just like I did for those guys, just to dream bigger, to think bigger. Whatever your frame looks like, could it be bigger? I want to think big when it comes to our church. I want to think amazing things when it comes to our church. I want to think not just about our church reaching a certain level with two services or whatever it looks like now. I want to take on that spirit that Caleb had. What if our church had thousands of people coming to it? What if we saw so many people come into Christ, we didn't know what to do. There were so many people. 272 people from this year alone. What if we expanded our thinking? What if we were looking at it too small? I wonder what it is with your life. What could God do if you expanded your thinking that lined up with His thinking? The Bible tells us that His thoughts are better than our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. I would love to pray for you. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for this amazing example in Scripture, Lord, where Moses sends out the spies and they come back with these two differing reports, Lord. Father, we just thank you that's in there as an example, Father, to trust you with our lives. Lord, I pray for big thinkers in the room. Not just big thinking in a season, Lord, or in a circumstance, God, but big thinking overall. Father, I pray for strongholds to be broken in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for, for, for things that are grabbing hold of people tonight, Lord, that there would just be this sense that I don't have to think that way anymore. I can leave that at the cross. I can leave that at the altar. I can walk away and ex enlarge my frame, expand my vision towards all that you have for me. Lord, I pray for every single person that's here tonight. Lord, I pray for thinking. Lord, I pray for thoughts. Lord,
Father, I thank you that we get the opportunity, Father, to take our thoughts and make them obedient to Christ, to make them obedient and and line them up according to your will. So, Father, I just thank you right now for what you're doing in our church. Lord, thank you that it's just the early days. Lord, thank you that you've got so much ahead of us. God, I pray you would expand our vision, that you would expand our frame, Lord. Even for Jill and I, Lord, I I pray you would just expand the possibilities in our own frame that we'd begin to see incredible, incredible possibility. In Jesus' name, and we all say together, Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.